0: This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on v the Sports Betting Network.
1: Welcome in. It is Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers here on v I'm Jeff Parles in for Danny Burke today. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. We're happy you're going to spend the next hour of your Thanksgiving day with us here on Rush Hour. A lot to get to. Let's just quickly update the game that's going on and then... Of course, our whole audience in Chicagoland, we got to go through that craziness we saw in Detroit today. But the Dallas Cowboys just visited the end zone. Tony Pollard in with 40 seconds to go in the first half. So Dallas going to cut in to the Las Vegas lead. The Raiders got out to a 17 to 6 lead. Now it looks like it's going to be 17-13 PAT pending. Ah, that's going to be close. If Pollard actually stayed up, we'll keep you updated if that goes to review and I short, that's going to get overturned on replay. So Dallas is going to have first and goal inside the one more than likely down 17 to six late in the first half. But let's get into what we saw earlier today. (laughs) A masterpiece of coaching on both sides. The Chicago bears survive. They don't cover As three-point closing favorites at Bed Rivers, they do defeat and keep the Detroit Lions winless. 16-14, your final. Cairo Santos, Santos, the game-winning field goal from 28 yards away at the horn to get Chicago the win to end that five-game losing streak they're on. You look at the stats, Andy Dalton, 317 yards, a touchdown, a pick in the end zone. He was quite all right. Big day for Cole Komet. Eight receptions. Jimmy Graham, big bloated anytime touchdown price. North of 7-1 to one in some spots. Came home on that. Jared Goff, efficient. Not a lot of yards. 21-25, 171. Two touchdowns. Josh Reynolds, a new acquisition with a touchdown. Same for TJ Hawkinson. But the Lions stay winless. Are now 0-10-1 on the season. And I, I just want to quickly take you through the ending sequence of that game, because the Detroit Lions, as the Cowboys just punched it in, the Detroit Lions scored a touchdown early in the fourth quarter to take a 14-13 lead. Chicago punted, Detroit punted. Chicago got the ball back with eight and a half minutes to go at their own 21-yard line. And the Bears went on an 18-play, 69-yard field goal game-winning drive with eight and a half minutes to go. Now, you may think, how is that possible that the Chicago Bears could have an eight and a half minute drive against anyone? Well, when you are facing a team coached by Dan Campbell, who has no idea how to use his timeouts properly, and then in the middle of all this, Detroit, after letting the two-minute warning come up without using any of their three timeouts, used their first timeout after a run by David Montgomery for one yard with a minute 54 to go, Leading the game 14-13. Balls at the Detroit 17 at this point. But after that, the Detroit Lions were not set up correctly out of the timeout on defense. And defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn calls a timeout. Now, you're not allowed to take a timeout back-to-back times in the NFL. We saw this in a game 15 years ago that actually cost the Washington football team at the time that game when Joe Gibbs came back into the league, mid-2000s on that one. This is the only other time I can remember this happening. And (laughs) because of that, a five-yard penalty on Detroit, and not only that, they lose the second timeout, even though they technically shouldn't have been granted it. Chicago then picks up the first down, Dalton the bird for seven yards. Detroit only has one timeout left. The pass is completed with a minute 54. Chicago's able to run the clock out. Detroit only has one timeout. They use it after the first down play. Chicago able to run it out. Santos from 28, good. The Bears win it. They're four and seven. Matt Nagy may have done enough to save his job at least for one more week. Uh, under easy, easy under in this game, 41 and a half at most spots, including Bet Rivers. Game goes under the total. Bears win it, 16, 14, four and seven on the air. Lions now 0-10 and one, and the likelihood of them going winless just went up exponentially. Because this is going to be the closest line game they likely have the rest of the regular season. Let's dive into tonight. New Orleans hosting Buffalo. We have seen a lot of line move in this game. Open four on Buffalo. It is now seven. Market-wide and at Bet Rivers. Buffalo on the road at the Superdome, laying it against the Saints. Total 45 in this game. Injuries the concern... For the New Orleans Saints, Alvin Kamara will miss his third straight game. Tackle Ryan Ramchek. He's going to miss the game as as well. Taron Armstead, their big left tackle is a game-time decision. Mark Ingram is trending towards not playing in this game, which would leave Tony Jones as the number one back for New Orleans. Oh, and by the way, Trevor Simeon is their quarterback, which we have seen so far with Simeon, a pretty pretty average offense. I don't want to put him in the inept category because – They have put up some points. They put up 25 on Atlanta. They did put up 29, even though a lot of the the 29 last week against Philadelphia was in garbage time. A late opportunity to possibly tie the game against the Tennessee Titans. New Orleans would be the only side I would bet in this game, even with everything I listed off. Let's look at the Buffalo Bills for a second, who to say they are inconsistent may be an insult to the word inconsistent. The Bills are six and four. Up until their loss last week in Indianapolis, they were still, even with a road loss to Jacksonville, were still the favorites to win the Super Bowl at most places. And then they lose by a lot in a just a complete beatdown they took last week at home against Indy, forty-one fifteen score. Agami check mark on that one. Buffalo at six and four has really eviscerated the terrible teams on their schedule. Their wins, well-documented. Blowout win against Miami. Blowout win against the Washington football team. Blowout win against Houston. Close win, even though they probably shouldn't have covered. They did cover against Miami the second time. Beat down the Jets. Their only win against a real team this year is at Kansas City in Week 5, and that was when the Chiefs were floundering. Other than that, the other good teams on the schedule, they played three of them, and were kind of stretching to put Pittsburgh in the good category. 23-16, Pittsburgh wins in Orchard Park week one. Tennessee beats them on the Monday night, 34-31. Indianapolis drills them last week, 41-15. And the big question and the handicap for me in this game is: do we count New Orleans in the category of the bad teams? Or do we count them in the category of the good teams that Buffalo has struggled with? I would put the defense in the good category, but I would put the Saints offense in the bad bad category. So New Orleans defense, good category. Offense bad category, but we kind of already saw this in that Jacksonville 9-6 debacle for Buffalo where Jacksonville's defense played out of their mind and you saw Buffalo's uh, Buffalo's defense shut down Jacksonville, only held them to nine points, and it still wasn't enough to win the game. I'm going to wait. I'm going to see if I can get a 7.5 on New Orleans. If not, I'll probably play the 7 with New Orleans getting the points. If I can get a 7.5, I would look to play that uh, again, Sean Payton, great as an underdog, especially great as a home underdog with the New Orleans Saints. Before we get into Sunday's card a little further, halftime has been hit a- in Arlington. The Raiders, first half covering Las Vegas Raiders, we- leading at the break 17-13 over to Dallas Cowboys as the Raiders run the clock out after Dallas was able to punch it in on a one-yard Ezekiel Elliott touchdown run. So Vegas... We'll get the ball first in the second half as well. So an opportunity to stretch their lead out. We will get you a halftime line once it posts on the Raiders and the Cowboys 17-13 Vegas in front of Dallas at halftime. Let's look at Sunday's slate, and we're going to work our way backwards here. We're going to go to the late slate and work our way forward. A game that I'm very much intrigued with. I want to start in the Bay Area because this is essentially a play-in game in the NFC. The the Vikings and the 49ers. Total 48 and a half. We're starting to see some 3 and a halves in the market. Bet Rivers though with a 3 still on the Minnesota Vikings on the road at the San Francisco 49ers. Both of these teams playing much better coming into this game. Minnesota of course coming up back-to-back wins against the Chargers and the Green Bay Packers. San Francisco back-to-back wins against the LA Rams and the Jacksonville Jaguars. The winner of this game as you see on most to make the playoff odds, San Francisco about even money at most spots. Minnesota, you're laying about minus 120. I like Minnesota in this game. And if you have, if you've seen uh, the way I have talked about Mike Zimmer this year, a coach who I think is stuck in the mid 90s with the way he coaches. It's a little bit of a surprise to see me on Minnesota, but I think San Francisco has played above their head. And Minnesota has the passing game to take full advantage of that secondary that has committed a lot of penalties, that has been banged up for a good chunk of this year. I would look to Minnesota. I would wait, if you're betting in a Bet Rivers book, wait until a a three-and-a-half pops. I think it will pop sooner rather than later. Uh, Three-and-a-half would be the number that is an automatic play on the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday afternoon against the San Francisco 49ers. That is going to end up, at one point or another, I'm going to end up playing that. I'm going to wait a little bit, see if we can get a better number in the end, but three and a half, probably more than good enough on the Minnesota Vikings as they travel out west to take on the 49ers. Again, intriguing game standings-wise. The Minnesota Vikings currently in the sixth slot. San Francisco tied for seventh with New Orleans. New Orleans, of course, a seven-point underdog tonight, so... A big opportunity for both of those teams to try to make the playoffs as the six and seven seed. Of course, the benefit of the extra playoff team in the National Football League playoffs now. And boy, that race for the one seed in both conferences going to be a lot of fun, too. We'll look at some more NFL games as we go through. But coming up next, it is a big college basketball game across the landscape in the Caribbean, in the U.S. Our guy Greg Peterson. Host of the Greg Peterson Experience, going to be with us next, and also we'll talk to our guy Josh Applebaum in about twenty minutes. Both of those next here on Rush Hour.
0: This is Rush Hour on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
1: If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, BetRivers has you covered. BetRivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, L.A., and now the big city, New York. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to listen to all of them. Our our team here does a tremendous job, of course, with Bet Rivers. I'm Jeff Parles, in for Danny Burke. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. We're happy to be with you here on Rush Hour, of course, brought to you by Bet Rivers. And now, uh, uh, the the man we have next, legitimately, his nickname is Hoops. So, Greg Peterson, the man who knows all about college basketball, also the host of the Greg Peterson Experience here on vSIN. and he's also in on the Look Ahead tonight, which you can hear at midnight central time. Greg, uh, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for being with us today. And and let's just start out. What have you learned today from the games that have already finished in college basketball?
0: I've learned that college basketball is a little bit more watchable than Bears versus Lions. So (laughs) we've got that going for us, but... But you just take a look at it, and we have seen a bunch of unders thus far in college basketball. You wound up seeing just a miracle under the South Alabama versus San Diego game. And do not sleep on South Alabama. This is a team that's going to be a force out there in the Sun Belt. We saw them play a game to single digits against Alabama earlier this year on the road. They take down a good San Diego team that wound up beating, it, beating Nevada earlier this season. So I thought that that was a very good win. We're also finding out that VCU might be the equivalent of Bears versus Lions because their games have been unwatchable. You wind up having a total involving Baylor close right around 128, 129. Right now, that's on a little bit of an underpaid, so Baylor's gotten off to an AO run in the start of the second half. But I think Michigan State is for real. Michigan State winds up opening up a one-point underdog against UConn. They wind up closing at two and a half. You can tell that UConn was a little bit gassed. I think that's really important to be taking into account with regards to the handicapping because we remember that double overtime game that they played against Auburn. But I think that Michigan State is going to be a top-four team out there in a Big Ten that, let's face it, they haven't had a lot of bright spots this year.
1: Purdue, one of the bright spots in the Big Ten so far, Hoops. But uh, I-, I was going to ask you on that Michigan game, and you answered the question, and we saw it, uh, that were the wild double overtime game between Auburn and UConn that UConn probably should have won about seven different times before they actually did win it in the overtime. But but Greg, uh, with these day after day tournaments going on right now, is there anything different in your handicap than you would normally do because you have teams playing back to back and sometimes teams playing back to back to back games in the consecutive days?
0: I do wind up shading my totals down typically in a lot of spots. Now, there are certain spots where the seventh place game of the Maui Invitational is a textbook example of it, where, I mean, when you're playing in a seventh place game in an a- in an A-team tournament, do you really expect there to be a lot of defense? Typically not, but you do wind up having tired legs coming through. So I think that that's something that you want to be taking a look at. You've got strange surroundings in general because you notice that from gym to gym, they are vastly different out there in the Maui Invitational, when it's typically played on the island, you have those very soft rims. Meanwhile, you take a look at Battle for Atlantis, for example. Those rims are as hard as a rock. There is no forgiveness whatsoever. So I think taking a look venue by venue is very important when it comes to all of this. And like I said, I do wind up shading my totals down a little bit more. And when you wind up getting late into these tournaments, Guys do seem to get very tired. And I think that UConn might have been a little bit of an earlier product of this, having played double overtime yesterday.
1: Greg, uh, speaking of Atlantis uh, right now, Baylor is beating VCU in the one semifinal with the right uh, to go play Michigan state in the final, but losers bracket game between two teams that uh team people are going to see a lot of and the Syracuse orange are coming off back to back losses, lost to Colgate at the carrier dome where they gave up a hundred points And then yesterday, really, just an ugly performance against VCU. They get Arizona State, who, look, uh, overmatched against Baylor yesterday. Syracuse right now at Bed Rivers, lane two against the Sun Devils with a total of 143. How do you play that one?
0: I'd flip a Rooney this one. I like Arizona State outright. I think that Arizona State just has a little bit more talent in general because when you take a look at Syracuse, you've got Bayheim Cubed. You've got Jim Bayheim. You've got Jimmy Bayheim. And you've got Buddy Bayheim. And you really don't have much else when it comes to this team. Joe Girard has been a little bit hit or miss when it comes to three-point shooting. And coming into this tournament, Syracuse was shooting north of 40% from three. You figured that that was going to dry up a little bit, and it certainly has. Meanwhile, you take a look at the flip side for Arizona State. A product of some of their losses was having players go through health and safety protocols. We wanted seeing that with Jay Heath, who wanted coming over from Boston College. He's still trying to get himself... A little bit acclimated when it comes to this offense. You've got your top defensive player, in my opinion, in Graham as well. He wound up missing the first couple games of the season. So I do think a little bit of the product of Arizona State's slow start was that. And for Arizona State, they do seem to be playing some better basketball. They do wind up getting boat race a little bit in that second half against Baylor. But, I mean, there's really no shame in that loss. is going to blow out a lot of good teams. They wind up hanging in there against San Diego State on the road. And you mentioned it. I mean, Syracuse gave up 100 points to a team whose namesake is a toothpaste. There's just no taking them as a favorite in this spot against Arizona State. With Syracuse, you're just playing no defense. So I take a look at this spot, and I'm taking a look at Arizona State outright.
1: Greg, Syracuse is just bad enough to make the Sweet 16 yet again. That, that That's my take early early. Of course. In, in this season with uh, Bayhime's squad there. Greg Peterson with us right now here on Rush Hour. Greg, uh, of course, uh, the host of the Greg Peterson Experience on Friday and Saturday nights here on v And he'll be actually be hosting the Look Ahead tonight. He's in for Scott Seidenberg, who is in for Tim Murray and Sean King tonight on the Nightcap. Uh, that's going to be midnight central for Greg Peterson tonight on the Look Ahead. Uh, Greg, the only ranked team that hasn't played yet that we will see later in the day are the Southern Cal Trojans. Uh, they're out in Anaheim at the Wooden Classic. They're a big favorite against St. Joe's. 17-point uh, favorites. Uh, the other game in that one is Georgetown and San Diego State, where San Diego State is almost a 10-point favorite. So, Greg, I- I'll ask you this two-pronged. Any trouble for either of those favorites out there tonight in San Diego State and USC? And assuming those two teams get through, what would you make the line on a good showdown between two Southern California teams?
0: I do think that both are going to be able to survive in advance. I'm just a little bit concerned about the line move that we've seen with the San Diego State versus Georgetown game. I wound up setting my line in this game at a a 6.5. It opens up 5.5, which you actually have a little bit of value on the open with San Diego State. But here at 8, I mean that value has just passed you by at this point. I do think that Georgetown is going to be able to hang in there against the San Diego State team. That Let's call it what it is. They're not necessarily a Blazer. They're not a team that they blow out a bunch of teams. And we saw it against Arizona State as well. They wound up having their issues in a USC versus San Diego State game. I'd be setting USC as a slight favorite. Probably somewhere in the realm of about three to three and a half points, depending on what we wind up seeing here. That'll decide whether or not if I put on the hook, if I maybe wind up bringing it down to a two and a half. If you wind up seeing USC look a little bit lackadaisical, but I'd be looking somewhere in that three range if we do wind up getting this USC versus San Diego State game. I do think that USC has a little bit more firepower and. I would be hesitant to lay 17 here with USC. I personally wanted up just taking the 18 plus with St. Joe's when that was available, just because I think that USC is going to be able to win this game convincingly. I just don't want to be messing around with a team having to win by two touchdowns at a field goal on Thanksgiving. So it's a spot in which I want to take the points with St. Joe's on the open, but I think that there's going to be not a lot of defense played by St. Joe's in that one as well.
1: Craig, uh, the big showdown. I want to, I want to fast forward to tomorrow because We just saw Gonzaga boat race UCLA here in Vegas on Tuesday night. Now Gonzaga gets Duke in the Coach K retirement tour. What do you foresee in that one? Uh, Zags, of course, favored in the game.
0: I want to make Gonzaga an eight-point favorite. Right now at DraftKings, I'm seeing them at 7.5, and and that would be a take for me. I've got to expect that there's going to be a little bit of Duke money that winds coming in just because of what you mentioned it is. The farewell tour for Coach K, but at the same time, this Gonzaga team is an absolute machine, and I think that's going to be a high-scoring game. I'm seeing this total between 154 and 154.5. I set my total at 158. I think it's going to be in that perfect range where Duke is down six to eight points, and when you wind up getting that in the final minute of a college basketball game, you know what happens after that. It is the march to the free-throw line. Both teams are just hacking away like lumberjacks and you (laughs) wind up just getting like a gob ton of points towards the final minute of that game. So I'm going to be taking a look at it over. And as long as we get a seven and a half or lower, which I'm seeing right now, it would be a take for me on Gonzaga.
1: Greg, we got about 30 seconds here. Give me your top three teams in college basketball at this moment.
0: Gonzaga is number one. Kansas is number two and Purdue has snuck in there at number three.
1: Greg, I have the exact same one through three as you. So uh, we are in agreement there. Kansas uh, Kansas blew their cover at the end of their game against North Texas, though, though, today, Greg. So unfortunate if you elated with the Jayhawks earlier this afternoon in Orlando. He's Greg Peterson, though. Uh, get him uh, on the network. Get his podcast as well. uh slash bet best best bets to get Greg Peterson's basketball, college basketball podcast. Of course, the Greg Peterson experience. Midnight. On Saturday and Sunday in the Central Time Zone, uh, 10 p.m. Pacific time on Sat- on Friday and Saturday night for the Greg Peterson Experience. Greg, thank you and happy Thanksgiving, buddy. Happy Thanksgiving, Jeff. Thank you. Of course. Coming up next, Josh Applebaum going to join us next. We're going to see if we're going to have to put the hazmat suit on on a Thanksgiving on Rush Hour.
0: This is Rush Hour on Vsin, the Sports Betting Network.
1: The Vsin Black Friday offer is here and right now. When you sign up for our ninety-nine dollar mid-season football special, you'll also receive a twenty dollars credit to the Vsin store. Get all of our expert sports betting analysis, insights, and data for the rest of the football season. Plus, you get twenty dollars to buy Vsin sports betting gear, including hats, shirts, mugs, and much more. Hurry, it's a limited time offer, so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift at vsun.com slash subscribe. I gotta get myself one of those jackpot baby t-shirts with Brent's uh, face on it. Just perfect all the way around. I'm Jeff Parles. I'm in for Danny Burke here on Rush Hour. Happy to be with you, of course, the show brought to you by Bet Rivers. And now we're going to bring in one of our favorites here, Josh Applebaum. You hear him on a network betting across America, 3 o'clock Eastern time, which makes it 2 o'clock Central time, Monday through Friday. Him and Mike Pritchard do a wonderful job on that show. And Josh, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, before we get to the NFL, I want to start with the Egg Bowl, which you, in the past, before the NFL put the Thursday night, uh, the uh, Thanksgiving night game, this was the main event on Thanksgiving night after The Cowboys and the Lions played. It was the Egg Bowl. And tonight, these teams are both really good. Mississippi State at home in Starkville against Ole Miss. Bulldogs laying two
2: and a half at home. Josh, you like the home team here. I do, Jeff, and it's great to be with you. Happy Thanksgiving. Save me a piece of pie, my man. But, uh, yeah, this is interesting to me for a couple of reasons. Number one, Jeff, it always kind of piques my interest when you have an unranked favorite versus a ranked opponent. So it kind of looks fishy, and I think sometimes the public – kind of falls into a trap of something looking uh, too good to be true and just betting it. Whereas instead of maybe taking a step back and saying, Ooh, is something going on here? Why am I getting points with Ole Miss? So kind of what we're seeing here, Jeff, uh, majority of bets grabbing Ole Miss in the points. We've heard a lot about uh, Matt Corral making his last game or his last start here, uh, you know, before going to the NFL, before he plays in a bowl game. Uh, and by the way, an update on the Heisman Corral plus 2,800 uh, mm-hmm. around the, uh, around different shops. It's really Stroud and Bryce Young Stroud. For Ohio State, the quarterback, he's now a minus 200 favorite. So Corral was a guy who was kind of in that Heisman convo, has dipped off a little bit here. What I like about this one here, Jeff Ole Miss, uh, looking at them, uh, ranked ninth in the country, they're nine and two, six, four, and one ATS, but yet they're playing Mississippi State, who's seven and four, seven and four ATS, but unranked. So, again, looking at the way this line opened and, and kind of how it moved. A lot of these books started uh, at least a couple of days ago. It was minus one Mississippi State, and that was a head-scratcher because if Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin, all the public narrative of wanting to sweat corral in his last start here, uh, why do they open as a dog if they're ranked and Mississippi State is not? So right off the bat, that seemed like a fishy opener, and now I'm really liking the movement toward Mississippi State. Uh, today we saw them creep from minus one up to minus one and a half. Now they're up to minus two and a half. This line is moving toward Mississippi State. Even though Ole Miss and Matt Corral and Lane Kiffin and all the public betting in a prime time spot are in favor of the road team, so again, public says, hey, it's a, it's a ninth ranked team, they're the better record, better quarterback, they should be favored, but they're not. I like this fishy line toward Mississippi State. I'm on the money line for Mississippi State here, Jeff, uh, minus 130. I'd also mention uh, a lot of steam to the over. It opened around 61 to the total. It's up to 64 at this point. You're getting a lot of betting on the over saying it's going to be a, you know, 40 to 37 type game, something like that. Um, But I think the edge for Mississippi State would be a little bit defensively. I think they're kind of underrated. You know, both teams put up a lot of points, 36 a game, Ole Miss around 32 for Mississippi State. But the difference is on defense. Mississippi State only giving up 326 yards a game versus Ole Miss, uh, almost 490. So I'm like, I'm like Mississippi State here, Jeff. I'm, I'm going to sweat it and uh, fire up some leftovers and see if we can get a Mississippi State money line play. Josh Applebaum on
1: the home team in the Egg Bowl tonight. Mississippi State right now, <laughs> two-and-a-half point favorites. By the way, quick update I want to I give uh, before we get to your next question, Josh. Second half underway in Dallas, Vegas. The Raiders, of course, leading 17-13. Darren Waller is in a hoodie, so it uh, looks uh, looks unlikely that we will see the big-time tight end for the Raiders returning this one uh, if you have any time touchdown market available to you, look for Foster Moreau, just throwing that out there, uh, who will slide into that number one tight end slot. Josh, let's go to the game tonight, though. Bills at Saints. Buffalo opened four. Now they're all the way to seven. Uh, Saints uh, have a dearth of running backs tonight. Total 45. What, uh, what what would you look to do here, here, with the Bills laying seven on the road against the Saints?
2: Yeah, Jeff, primetime spot tonight. This is the game with the biggest line move of the day. As you mentioned, a lot of these books open. Buffalo only laying about four and a half. And we saw a lot of early money on the Bills. And it really has continued here. So four and a half, up to five and a half, up to six. We're now all the way to seven. But I'm thinking now in terms of, uh, and again, we always ask ourselves this question, Jeff, like what side are you on? But also what number are you getting? Are you late to the party? Is there value now on the other side because of a big line move? You know, I'm the kind of guy who is really paying attention to line moves. I think they're very meaningful. Obviously they're not always going to be correct, but it kind of takes away your bias and lets, you know, Hey, like where's this big money coming in uh, and how is it affecting the line and how, why, and really why are the odds makers adjusting it? So Buffalo is really, really popular tonight. Uh, Jeff, they're your number one, most popular uh, public bet. 83% of bets at BetMGM MGM are laying the points with the bills. Uh, But I'm not so sure at this point if there's any value left on the bills. I think the value has gone. Again, you get them early, minus four and a half, really anything kind of below the key number of six. I totally get that. But now that you're at seven, I think there's a lot of value to buy low and take the Saints plus seven. Number one, this is your number one contrarian play of the game, uh, contrarian play of the day, only getting 17% of bets on the Saints. But also, if you look at uh, in this spot uh, historically, and this is now one of those primetime games that we've talked about all season long, these primetime dogs, 22 and 11 ATS, 67% on the year. Home dogs getting seven or more uh, last couple seasons, 28 and 19 against the spread, 60%. And Sean Payton, historically as a dog, I know a lot of this stuff was with Drew Brees, but he's 4 and 1 ATS as a dog this year. He's 45 and 26 ATS in his career, 63%. So I think it's one of those situations where um, if you're betting Buffalo now at minus seven, you're getting the worst of the number and you're with the most public play of the night. That's not something that I want to be on the side of. I'll buy low, take New Orleans plus seven, and I would just keep an eye out for a non-division or non-conference under spot. We've seen a lot of under money here, which is kind of intriguing because if you look at these teams recently, they've been cashing some overs. Uh, Bills have cashed the over in their last two. Uh, We have the Saints cashing the over in their last four. And it always gets my interest, Jeff, when a team is like both teams are trending over, yet you see a line fall. It tells me that there's something fishy going on and maybe you're getting some buyback on a lower scoring spot. Total in this one, open 46 and a half. It's down to 45. I even see a 44 and a half. Uh, kind of like that Chicago Detroit game earlier where there was just consistent movement downward. And if you look at these non-conference unders this year, 36 and 17, 68% overall, I'd lean under. And I like that by low gross, disgusting saints plus seven inflated line primetime bet. Josh, I, uh, I, I think I'm going to
1: end up on new Orleans. I'm I'm going to, I'm going to be patient and wait to the last minute. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be shocked if we even see uh, even for a split second, maybe a seven and a half pop somewhere, Maybe it's just wishful thinking on my end, but I, I'm with you on the 7 with New Orleans. Uh, Josh, uh, I want to look at uh, Sunday afternoon, the late slate. Green Bay hosting the Rams. Uh, of course, plenty of news this week on Aaron Rodgers' now, we know, fractured toe. Uh, so we've seen that move move from pick to Rams 1.5 at Lambeau Field with a total of 47.5 here at Bet Rivers, Josh.
2: Yeah, this afternoon game, Jeff, going to be extremely heavily bet, 425, two teams you know, trying to get in that Final Four in the NFC. Uh, who knows, maybe make a run at a Super Bowl. But really, really popular heavily bet game and a move both to the under and toward the Rams. So the first thing that jumped out to me was the total here. You know, A lot of books opened at 50. We're all the way down to 47 at this point. I jumped on the under 48, didn't get a great number, but it's continuing to fall as we speak. And this would be a classic windy under system match. It's only going to be about 30 degrees at Lambeau. It's going to be very cold. Uh, and it's going to be windy, about 15 miles an hour of wind. So we've seen a lot of movement to that under, and this would match that windy under system, 10 miles an hour or more. The under is 35 and 16 this year, 69%. Uh, and really that other move also is going toward the Rams. You got a lot of books open at a very short number to start, around minus one and a half, Green Bay at home. And public is saying, you know, Rogers, cold, Lambeau night, uh, or Lambeau afternoon, give me Rogers all day at a pick 'em number. But we're seeing movement toward the Rams. And the Rams would match, uh, quite a few dog to fave line move systems. You also look at uh, Sean McVay off a loss uh, in his career. ATS 14 and 7, 67%. And remember, they're coming off a bye, so you're getting that uh, that kind of rest advantage there with the Rams, where they're trying to incorporate, you know, Odell Beckham and kind of uh, get over losing Robert Woods. Maybe that extra time and uh, getting a, a break, uh, you know, break away and, and kind of work on your practice could benefit them. But I like that move toward the Rams here. Uh, Jeff, I'd be looking at a Rams money line play. And I also like that under, especially in a really windy, cold Lambeau night. He's Josh Applebaum.
1: You can find him on the tweets at Josh underscore insights. Of course, the market insights podcast with us here at VEASAN and one of the two hosts of betting across America, two o'clock central time, Monday through Friday, him and Mike Pritchard do a great job. Josh, thank you for being with us today. Happy Thanksgiving. Go enjoy some turkey.
2: I appreciate it, Jeff. Hey, long day, but it's worth it. Uh, Best job in the world covering betting, and now I get to have some food. So uh, great, great job today, Jeff, and good luck tonight. Of course. uh, Thank
1: you, Josh. Uh, Of course, Josh Applebaum just with us here on Rush Hour. A quick update in the Dallas-Las Vegas game. Raiders went three and out on their first drive of the second half, so they just punted it back to the Cowboys. Vegas 17, Dallas 13, 12.52 to go in the third quarter. When we get back though, we're shifting over to the college game. Big one in Mississippi tonight. We break that down and more next on Rush Hour. This is Rush Hour on VSN,
0: the Sports Betting Network.
1: Bet Rivers Sportsbook takes football same game parlays to a whole new level. Now you can combine same game parlays from different games to give you even more ways to make your perfect combo. In addition to that, Bet Rivers has added more and more same game parlay props for college football matchups just in time for the biggest games of the season. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to BetRivers.com today to explore all. The new ways you can create your ideal combo. You must be 21 or older, though. Gambling problem in Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. That's 1-800-994-8448. In Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. In Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. And in Iowa, call bets, 1-800-BETS-OFF. Playable in New Jersey as play Sugar House and void. They're prohibited. It is rush hour here on vsin I'm Jeff Parles in for Danny Burke. Happy to be with you on this Thanksgiving Thursday. Quick update in Arlington, Texas. We're five minutes into the second half. The Raiders are getting the ball back after forcing a Dallas punt, and Vegas still leads, 17 to 13. Could have a uh, could have survivor carnage in the circus survivor contest here in Vegas could be a lot of fun to <laughs> see how many be less than 40 potentially to uh, if Buffalo were to go down uh, tonight, but uh, Dallas losing to Vegas right now, 17, 13, five minutes in to the third quarter. Let's dive in college football. I want to start tomorrow before we get into the big rivalries, East Carolina and Cincinnati, just from a playoff perspective, real quick, Cincinnati, Of course, making history, first ever non-Power 5 to sneak into the college football ranking top four. Don't be surprised if East Carolina beats them tomorrow, guys. Don't be surprised. Plus 14 is pretty good. I think 13.5 is good with East Carolina tomorrow. Don't be surprised. This is a different type of pressure for Cincinnati. You're finally in the mountain. The, the tunnel, the light at the end of the tunnel is there. It's a different type of pressure tomorrow in Greenville. Don't be surprised if Cincinnati loses outright. ECU plus 14 is going to end up being a play, and I like it at 13.5 as well. But, of course, it's rivalry weekend in college football. Uh, you got Wisconsin-Minnesota, Iowa-Nebraska, but the big one, no. We got to go to the big house. The big one, the winner of this, is gonna have the inside track to make the college football playoff, likely is the number two seed in the college football playoff. And that is Ohio State and Michigan. Right now, Ohio State eight and a half point favorites at Bet Rivers, total 64. Michigan, of course, their one loss this year at number five in the poll, at number five in the rankings. They lost to Michigan State, blew a 16-point lead. But in the end, here it doesn't matter that they blew that game because they're in the exact same position that they were even if they were 11-0. Right now, actually starting to see some 8 now at Bed Rivers. Ohio State still the favorite, 64, your total for Saturday afternoon showdown, a noon local time in Ann Arbor. As always, that game starting at noon local time, regardless of the locale. Here's the deal with this one. I like this under 64 more than I like a side because it wouldn't shock me if Ohio State wins the game by two touchdowns, but Michigan makes them play at their at their pace. Ohio State is also, uh, during this just two-game stretch where they annihilated Purdue, annihilated Michigan. State, both of those games are in Columbus. Different animal going on the road. Last time we saw them on the road, Nebraska had them on the ropes. And then, uh, as Adam Kramer uh, put it earlier in the week here on the network, Nebraska, nebraska Sorry, Danny Burke. But you look at the way this plays out to me. I don't see this game. I don't see Ohio State getting into the 40s. I don't see both teams getting into the 30s. If both teams get into the 30s and uh, this game stays under it's going to be a pretty uh, pretty ferocious beat for over backers. Of course, it would be a Michigan cover as well. But I like this game under. That's the bet I like the best in this game, 64. If you made me play a side... I would take with Michigan. I would take the 8, 8.5. But Ohio State is definitely the better football team. I don't think there's much arguing that, that Ohio State is a better football team than the Michigan Wolverines. But look, you get the game at home. We've seen home field has mattered a little bit more than it has in the past. Should be a fun one there at the big house on on Saturday, noon Eastern kick there in Ann Arbor. Alabama-Auburn Iron Bowl. Now look. Alabama has to win two games to make sure to get in the playoff. Now they, they could get I, I, the weird scenario for the playoff is if Alabama loses this week and beats Georgia. I think that's a disaster for the committee to try to figure out. If they beat Auburn this week and then lose a close game to Georgia, it's also a tough scenario for the committee. Bama laying 19 and a half against Auburn 56 and a half is your total. Alabama hasn't really showed us anything in the way of beating these solid teams by margin, but Auburn, I don't think is really any good. And Alabama coming off a, a game where Bryce Young threw for over 500 yards and they only won by a touchdown against Arkansas, who, by the way, I think Arkansas is much better than Auburn. Uh, they're a different team now for Auburn. No bone, Bo Nick's Finley, of course, playing quarterback. For the Tigers now, with uh, Bo Nix out because of injury the rest of the year, but I would, I would look to play, I'd look to play the to play the uh, the uh, Auburn Tigers still nineteen and a half. That would be the only angle I look at. Total feels about right at fifty six and a half for Saturday at three thirty Eastern Time. Auburn, Alabama in the Iron Bowl. Uh, we'll go to we'll go to Iowa, Nebraska tomorrow. This is a, just a fascinating run one because you have a three and eight team playing a team that's going for win number 10. And for the bulk of the week, Nebraska has been favored in this game, even without Adrian Martinez in this game. I would look to play Iowa. I just think this would be another one where we'd see Nebraska do their finest to blow this game. You see a pick right now at Bed Rivers. Minus 105 on Iowa, I guess, by those numbers. Nebraska is the slightest of slight favorites in that game. 41 with the total uh, wildly low. I, I I think that totals right, especially with no Martinez. I wouldn't look to play it. I think that's about right. Uh, I would look to play Iowa, though, on the side. I think they are the better. They are the better football team. Uh, and look, uh, just a very rare situation where you see a team legitimately under 500 favored for a good chunk of the week and now a pick. Uh, both teams, of course, would back up quarterbacks uh, as well at Iowa. Uh, coupling these together, uh, Pac-12 rivalry games that I've always liked. Uh, the uh, the Civil War, Oregon needs to win to get to the Pac-12 title game or uh, <laughs> they will miss the Pac-12 title game, which is pretty amazing that they would even have a possibility of missing that game here in Vegas. Seven-point favorites against Oregon State, total 61. I don't want any part of this game wouldn't shock me if Oregon state wins this outright and Oregon state still has a backdoor potential to get into Las Vegas for the PAC 12 title game. Uh, they would need Wazoo to lose the apple cup to Washington, Washington state, a one point road favorite in Seattle against Washington. I like Washington a whole lot in that game. I think Washington's just given up on the season. So we'll take a look at the Cougars laying one against Washington at bed rivers. Uh, Man, could you imagine a Utah Washington State Pac-12 title game? That would be completely ridiculous if that happened. By the way, Mar- Marcus Mariota, f- four-yard touchdown run for the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders have a 24-13 lead midway through the third quarter there at uh at uh at the Jerry Dome. Man, looking like uh, we could get a huge upset here. We could also be looking at two dogs covering out of the gate here on Thanksgiving with New Orleans a seven-point underdog later against Buffalo. I do have a play for you in college football tonight. I do have a potential play in the NFL. College football, I'm going against our guy, Josh Applebaum. I'm on Ole Miss. They're the better football team. I know Matt Corral has been dinged up. I know Will Rogers has played great for Mississippi State, but Ole Miss is the better football team. I don't care that they have to go to Starkville and, and Wade uh, and uh, Davis-Wade uh, Stadium. I like Ole Miss tonight getting the 2.5 points, and I'm going to wait a little bit closer to kickoff, but I do like New Orleans getting the 7 against Buffalo tonight. I'm going to wait for 7.5. It's not in the account yet, but more than likely before this game starts tonight, I will be taking the 7 with the New Orleans Saints at home tonight. Look for for 3-for-3 with the underdogs potentially on Thanksgiving. The Saints and the Bills, the late game. Uh, Vegas currently up by uh, by Dallas on 11. Of course, Chicago beating the Lions, 16-14, earlier in the day to send the Lions to 0-10-1. That's all the time we have here on Rush Hour, brought to you by Bet Rivers. I'm Jeff Parles. Thank you for letting us in on Thanksgiving. I hope your Thanksgiving out there has been tremendous. Primetime action is coming up next here on the Sin the Sports Betting Network. We'll see you next time here on Rush Hour.